Welcome to Radius Conversations, where we want to do real life with real faith. Our purpose here is to dive into practical questions about how to glorify God with people who have experience from a biblical worldview. I'm your host, Mariah Levitt. So how is Jesus all God and all man? Discussing this topic today with me is Russell Johnson. Hey, thanks for having me. Yep, just wanted to give you an easy topic to hash out today. Yeah, something <laughs> that the church got squared away really early on. Yep. <laughs> Jesus, we talk about how he was born of a real human woman as a man. So what should we believe about him as far as his divinity and his humanity? Great question, fantastic question. For the first probably 700 years of the church's existence, they were trying to figure this out, right? Council after after council, and even today, we, we want to make sure we know who he is and, and his nature. So I'm going to start with humanity, um, because I think there's a piece of this that we, we tend to lean one way or the other. So when we think about the humanity of Jesus, we think of a historical person. Our faith is historical. He walked the planet. Um, I think I can confidently say most reputable scholars and historians can give um, some some credit to that Jesus was an actual person. He really walked on the, the earth. They would even say he um, had a following. He was crucified. He was buried. And most reputable scholars will even say the tomb was empty. Now, at that point, there's a divergence. But that tells us that for most people, Jesus was a real historical person that walked the planet. So that tells us about his humanity. For those of us who say he wasn't just a man, but he was also divine, that he was he was um, the God-man, then at that point, for us as Christians, it is incredibly important that Jesus isn't just flesh and blood, but there is something else about him. And what makes him unique is he is fully God and he is fully man. He has a divine origin and birth. that um, That's why we celebrate at Christmas the virgin birth conceived by the Holy Spirit. That is clearly what separates him from every other man, but he is fully man and fully God. So not 50-50. Yeah, not not 50-50. Yeah, you know, I guess it it might seem to make sense to think about it that way um, for some folks, but no, no, he's... um, I would even say we don't want our marriages to be 50-50. Like, I'm only going to give 50% to this. No, we want it to be 100%. And and Jesus was 100% man. He he felt our pain. He was tempted in every way. Um, Mm -hmm. um, All of those things are true. He was hungry. He wept. He had emotion. All of the things that we have as as mankind, he he had. But then he had 100% of the divinity of God, and that 100% is he is the God-man. He was, he clearly was different than us through his miracles and the things that he was able to do. And so um, when you ask, what should we believe? We should believe he was 100% man and 100% God. Yeah, and so along those lines, we hear the phrase hypostatic union um, <laughs> at church sometimes. Yep, not at radius a whole <laughs> lot. <laughs> not here a ton, but I've heard it once or twice. <laughs> Defined for our listeners as Jesus being all God and all man, like 
Russell has been saying. Mm -hmm. So why is that necessary? Why did Jesus have to be all God, all man? Well, you could you could spend a lot of time on this. For me, the simplest way to put it is Jesus Christ is the ultimate mediator between God, the holy God, creator of the universe, and man, sinful, depraved, and and needing reconciliation with this God. So the only one who could truly mediate would be someone who could represent God fully and could represent mankind fully. And so he's he had to be both in order to do that. Um, if he's just man, then he, he can't really represent the holiness of God. And if he's just God, then there's no identification with us. And so he is, he's the God-man, that hypostatic union, all God, all man, so that he can uh, truly mediate between the heavenly realm and the earthly realm. And as a lot of people believe, you know, Jesus was a man, but may struggle with this all God part. Hmm. Where in Scripture do we see him having divine attributes? Yeah, there's a... I mean, obviously, the easy ones would be to go to the miracles. Um, and some people would say, well, people did miracles in the Old Testament, too, and, that, and that's fair. Um, when Jesus could read minds, um, that was obviously getting into a point where he would know the intentions of people's heart, the, the Pharisees, he would say... Uh, the the Bible says knowing what they were thinking, he would um, he would address it. Other places we get are anytime a divine title is used. To me, the most compelling argument for the 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 divine nature of Jesus is the fact that the demons would give him that mm-hmm. attribution. And so, when um, a demon is talking to Jesus, they clearly knew. Something is different about you, everyone else. Okay, but no, no, no. You you are more than uh, just some guy. So to me, that's probably the the most compelling evidence for me. Another one would be uh, Matthew three, the baptism of Jesus. Says in verse sixteen, after Jesus was baptized, he went up immediately from the water. The heavens suddenly opened for him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming down on him. And there came a voice from heaven, this is my beloved son, I take delight in him. Um, Yeah, no one else has has got that going for him, right? I mean, this is God the Father, God the Spirit, God the Son, all in the same passage, uh, an incredible passage to, to show that there is a God that exists in three persons, and he is saying, this is my son, he is different from everyone else. And so... Um, a lot of other passages we could go to, but some of those are some of the more compelling ones for me. So if he is fully God and fully man, did he exist before he was born or did he come into existence, you know, as a baby? Yeah, so um, when we think about the pre-existence of Jesus Christ, we get that doctrine from Uh, the book of Colossians. In chapter 1, Paul says, He, talking about Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, for everything was created by Him in heaven and on earth, the visible and the invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through Him and for Him. He is before all things, 
and by him all things hold together. And the list go the the, the rest of that passage goes on. Beautiful passage. Uh, and so he was before all things. Everything was made by him, for him, through him. It is interesting that verse 15, the firstborn over all creation, there are some that um, that would say, oh, see, Jesus was had to be created. He wasn't preexistent and therefore God forever. But the, the word firstborn there is more, we would, we would translate that in an idiomatic fashion, like um, he has a high place, firstborn, not meaning literal firstborn, but rather um, in, in terms of um, an ancient reader, they would have thought this is this is somebody who has a high place, not a literal first birth. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, so coming up, we're coming up on Christmas, uh, where he was actually born. So, why, you know, if he already existed, is this such a big deal? Why are we celebrating the birth? Yeah. So we know that there's this promised Messiah, Savior. Um, and that promised Savior happens in, in Genesis chapter 3, this, this, this seed of Eve that is going to crush the, the seed in the head of Satan. And so we see this promise all the way through, and it's reiterated through Abraham's promise. It's reiterated again with the promise to David that there'll be a Messiah, a king that sits on the throne forever. The prophets talk about this Savior that's going to come. And so at this point, Jesus comes, and he comes in a, in a form that no one thought he was going to come in, but he was. He came, and he he truly is that human savior that we were looking for and that we need desperately need and so he came and and had to identify with us so that he could mediate perfectly for us and so when we celebrate christmas we are celebrating the culmination of all of these promises all of these thousands of years culminating in here is the the arrival of our of our messiah and then for him to live on the earth for 30 plus years, die on a cross, and then come back to life. Now we are waiting on him to come again and to not just usher in restoration, but fully bring restoration uh, as only the God man can. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, it's, um, we look back and we look forward to Christmas. So, mm-hmm. yep. so because of this, is the doctrine um, of the God man. Mm-hmm. We have hope and um, mm. we can celebrate because without him, there is no gospel. Yes. Um, and I, I would I would say for a lot of people, this is a really hard, maybe intellectual mm. thing to try to comprehend. Um, not just Jesus being all God and all man, but also the deity. Um, so what would you say to people who may kind of struggle with this concept? Um, and do you have any sort of resources that might be helpful for someone kind of working through what this means and how to learn more about who Jesus is. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's all kinds of, of books. I mean, so much ink has been given to this topic. I mean, it, it wouldn't take much at all. Um, nearly every systematic theology has some, what, what we're talking about is the Christology. It's just the study of Jesus Christ. And, 
every systematic theology is going to have that in there, uh, whether that's Wayne Grudem's or um, Charles Ryrie or um, John MacArthur. All of them have something, and they're all great resources if you want to read on the nature of Christ, the study of Christ. For most of us, um, I would say the person that's struggling with it from, you know, it, did Jesus really do what he said he did? Is he who he says he is? For most of us, that's not going to come intellectually by reading articles or reading, you know, two or three chapters out of a, a big book. For most of us, that's going to become a personal encounter with this with this man who truly can change our lives. And um, as we encounter him, the risen Savior, just like just like Thomas had to in the Gospels when he said, man, I wasn't there. I got to see it from my own eyes. For many of us, we would, we're just going to have to experience Christ for ourselves and know that he, he truly is who he says he is. He's done what he said he's done, um, and he brings life change. So, um, yeah, I wish I had some magic journal article that you could read, and now every, all your questions are cleared <laughs> up. Um, at the end of the day, you're going to have to press in and see and say, man, I, I, I truly I believe this guy is who he says he is. Thanks for tuning in. If you have a question you'd like to hear on the podcast, go to Radius Combos page and click What Do You Want to Hear Next? A reminder that Radius Church exists to glorify God by making disciples, planning churches, and living generously. This has been Radius Conversations. We'll see you next time. <laughs>